in 2012. Writer Jason Aaron embarked on a quest to reshape the God of Thunder for the modern age. Together with superstar artists like Isad Ribic, Russell Dodderman, and more, Aaron would take readers on a journey into mystery. And the mightiest Avenger would never be the same. The Geeksplained Book Club proudly presents The Days of Thunder. Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explain Book Club and part two of the Days of Thunder, where I, alongside my Warriors 3, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Jason Aaron's Thor. I am joined, of course, by the only two men who I would trust to make a D&D campaign and go through the nine realms first off from zvartelheim we have jacob brown uh, verily true believers and of course from the very cold niflheim we have malcolm russell nelson oh it's cold <laughs> and we are talking jason aaron's <laughs> thor specifically we are talking issues 12 through 25 of Thor, God of Thunder. This is part two of the Days of Thunder, a series in the book in the Geek Explained Book Club where we are covering the entirety of Jason Aaron's Thor in the lead up to Thor Love and Thunder here in July. And this one was quite interesting. I had read, I can't tell you the amount of times I've read last week's God Butcher arc. But this was a first for me because I was told right around the first time I read this that you could go ahead and just skip 12 through 25 and just go straight into the next part of Jason Aaron's Thor, which is just titled Thor, where, spoiler alert, somebody else has taken up the hammer known as Mjolnir, but... To that person, and I can't even remember because it was so long ago, I'd like to uh, smack them across the face because this was a wonderful volume. Yep. I'd like to invoke the CeeLo Green uh, effect uh, and say, uh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> but yeah. yes, I, I'm very better. excited to talk about this, guys, because this was everything that I wanted out of a Thor volume. Like last volume, we got the god the god butcher story introducing gore giving us time travel our multi-doctor story with the three doctors i mean the three thors mm -hmm. this one just felt like an old school thor volume this one it's has the two best elements of thor where it's like thor in the nine realms for one story and then thor being a superhero on earth for a story so like you get every flavor of thor you really want with this and that's yep. awful 100 <laughs> percent. that's and awesome and what's cool about this is we're also going to be talking a little bit about a tie-in that leads into not only the final issue of this volume, but also 
the rest of the series, really, which is Original Sin. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later. But for now, let's go ahead and dive into this. Let's go ahead and do this. Uh, before we do, though, just a quick thing. Thank you so much to everyone who uh, has been giving such good feedback for that first part we got a lot of good feedback for part one of days of thunder oh. got a lot of good feedback for the for the intro as well it means it's, a lot to it's me it's a banger of an intro I, I, it I put, is the best intro on podcast right now i put a lot of thought into it and it was something that i i envisioned i'd had in my head for like a year and to be able to actually have it, it's wonderful. And a quick shout out also to Doug of the For Every Kind of Geek YouTube channel who actually edited Doug. the video teaser that allowed us to do, get the do, word out. It was wonderful. Do, do, do. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> so yeah, let's dive into this um, real quick, um, just for my sanity's sake. Uh, in the intro, I'm sure you heard, I just referenced Jason Aaron in Jason Aaron's Thor. Each volume, we're going to be referencing him at the top, but also highlighting all of the artists that will be featuring in every volume. Hell yeah. So for this volume, artists I want artists that make this what it is, uh, Nick Klein, which I was really excited to uh -huh. see. <laughs> uh, currently killing it in Thor with Donny Cates. We also got... Of all people, Ron Garney, Ron which I Garney! was so excited about. Yeah! I love me some Ron Garney. Yeah. Um, Emanuela Lupacino, also big fan of hers. Hell yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. We got Das yeah. Pastores for issue 18. Issues 19 through 24, we got our boy Asad Ribic back. Mm -hmm. As well as in issue 25, we have artists R.M. Guerra. Simon Bisley and back with Asad Ribic at the end for the final uh, little anthology piece of that issue. Cool. But lots of great artists lots in this volume. Yeah. Really, lots really of good great stuff. Artists. Really so, packed in this, yeah. Like, yeah, really well with done. everything. Like, obviously, last volume with, I believe, one exception, um, it was pretty much all Asad Ribic all day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, to have it be, nice. to have it be, you know, a team. It takes a village to tell a Thor story. So I'm, I'm excited to dive into this and talk about some great art. So let's chat up, starting with issue 12. Once Upon a Time in Midgard. Now this is, again, Nick Klein, absolutely love his stuff. You can see the DNA of what he's been working on Thor now. It's wonderful. And we I actually like his stuff here more. I'm going to be honest. That's fair. He seems, I get it. He seems... It's very Eric Powell in his artwork. I can see that. It is sure. very Eric Powell. Yeah, yeah very yeah. Eric Powell. Doughiness of the faces. Yeah. Though I will also say mm -hmm. in the current, uh, in the Kate's run, my favorite issues art-wise were the cuter issues. So I'm right. biased. Yes. But, I, I agree. Yeah. But <laughs> that Thor series is good. It's very good. Yeah, it's good. Um, but we basically see, we catch up with our boy, Fuckboy Thor. Very excited yeah. to see him. He is sure. um, doing his thing. Yeah, verily. And he is having a good time palling around in Iceland in 893 AD. We cut over to uh, now New York City and god damn that full page splash where we see modern day Thor for the first time. Hell yeah. Love it. Hell yeah. Iconic. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. And this this first issue really kind of deals with Thor getting reacclimated to Midgard. 
He's been gone for a little bit. He's been doing the God Butcher stuff. He goes to visit an old friend who also happens to be on death row. And this scene was very touching. I was, I was surprised. And it was, it leads into him kind of connecting with people all around the world, which is the Superman thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's doing That's the Superman exactly. thing. I've that never exactly seen Thor like this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no. Really cool. He like chopped off the arm of like a a roasted dragon shank. He's visiting nuns. He's he's visiting um, Buddhist priests, veterans. He's bringing rain to the desert. And my favorite, he goes and strikes lightning down on those God hates you people. Yep. Absolutely love it. Yep. Love the it fury of God. How ironic. Um, ah, yeah. interesting. Huh. But the big crux of this issue deals with two women in thor's life first Mm -hmm. off we are introduced to roz solomon roz solomon baby at the shield cadets ball she prayed to thor to be her date and he showed up i love that shit it's adorable (laughs) and roz from my recollection of reading the series is going to be a mainstay for a good long while. Ron Solomon is still important now. Yeah. If you've been uh, reading that Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor say, series. Yeah. If you had Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. Which Thor's that Thor's issue Thor's ruled, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Solomon is still around. Ron Solomon is around right now. She's one of the agents of Wakanda. Uh, wow. That's cool. She, yeah. Ron Solomon is a great character and that's is good. important to the Marvel Universe, baby. I was Great really character. hoping she wasn't going to be like some sort of just like one-off character in this, in this in this issue. No, I'm really glad that she actually sticks she, around. She shows yeah. up for the rest of Jason Aaron's run entirely, and she arguably just gets more and more important to the and story more and more badass. Yes. She's, yeah, she is Ellen Ripley. One hundred percent, Ellen Ripley, which yep. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. like she's so fucking cool. <laughs> but speaking of possible Thor love interests, Thor returns to Broxton, Oklahoma, the site of Asgardia, where the Asgard Asgardians have basically made their home base. And he goes to visit one Jane Foster, and we find out that Jane has cancer and that she has been battling it for a little bit of time. And not only that, she's also dating someone named Walter. 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 Walter, either Robertson or Bobson. It's probably Robertson, but Thor says son of Bob. So I'm going to say his name is Walter Bobson. Walter Bobson. It's not Walter Matthau? No. (laughs) (laughs) But clearly an allusion to Walt Simonson. (laughs) Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. And I love that Thor's just like, is this guy treating you right? And Jane's immediately like, yes. He's he's a good boyfriend. He's naturally a little threatened that I'm sitting out here with my ex who's a god. But yeah. 100 I would I would 100% be in that same boat. No, no I would I would be sitting in that window the entire time. Yeah. Like, hey, what are you guys talking about? Trying to fight What's off getting an autograph. <laughs> that's that's the tough spot. It's like you got to be that cool new boyfriend to to front for the ex, but you also got to be a fan. Yep. Mhm. So Thor is dealing with a lot of guilt. He feels like he should be able to cure Jane's cancer, which as an unfortunate reality of the situation, it's not how it works. And so he goes off 
he takes Jane to the moon at one point. Yeah. That's important. That's a special tool we'll save for later. But <laughs> it, goes, did, it did irk me a little bit when, when I saw them and I was like, what? right now and then they explain it and i'm like oh i should it's the blue read. is yeah it's the it's blue part the blue of the area of the moon yeah. yeah yeah which can be real as opposed to the dark side of the moon which everyone loves to use in things and that's not a real thing not a real <laughs> thing not a real thing but not real. it's also just a hop skip and a jump away from adelan home of the yep. inhumans mm -hmm. yep. and, and so, where the watchers uh home is yeah which that's also going to be important, important for later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's really cool is that he shows her essentially the sunrise from the perspective of the moon is that not one of the most breathtaking images you've ever seen in the comic it's, it's so right up there for me with all-star superman the yes. kiss between the kiss. clark and lois yeah that is exactly what the sequence and this issue reminds me of i love this issue so much because it reminds me a lot of all-star superman yep yeah, like absolutely it's specifically agree. it's like grant morrison just came in and was like hey let me write a book dude <laughs> a grant morrison thor or book yeah. wow would be amazing yeah. they that, would kill it that would they be would cool. kill it all they would crush that hell yeah anyway um <laughs> roz continues to do her thing she runs into thor again because there are some creatures showing up in antarctica and we get one last tease before the end of the chapter, which is King Thor, many millennia from now, heading down from Asgard to actually view Midgard for the first time in this series. And it is a barren wasteland. Oh, yep. Oh, man. Uh, chapter 13, The Great Niflheim Escape, or The Great Svartalheim Massacre, begins a an arc that I like to dub Dungeons and Dark Elves. <laughs> it's my favorite arc of the volume this i is, love this to death i i it might have been on on record last week but i i told you guys both of you are gonna love this story arc yeah this is just a giant D, &D campaign it absolutely like, is it really is <laughs> that's all it is it's just even, a giant D, &D issue even the beginning here the prologue is very much set up like so your dungeon master yes is like, all right welcome and here yes. we go we begin this in is the, the beginning there was darkness and i was like yep. oh here we go guys <laughs> yeah this honestly this reminded me and i'm gonna give a quick shout out to uh one of my excellent dms john noble um he likes to do big like prologue scenes like anime style before his sessions nice. and it's so good and this reminded nice. me 100 of that john noble oh, yeah. another walter john noble another that's walter. that's that's a fringe joke everybody <laughs> we're not old people you're old people that's that's a joke about the show fringe go watch i got fringe. that i actually i actually got that, <laughs> I got that reference um we do see that there are some dark elves who are making their way through what looks to be um where is this niffle okay yeah this is niffle yeah frozen they... land of hell yeah and they are beset upon by my least favorite thing in anything ever, giant spiders. I don't fuck with spiders, and I don't like them. This first dude rolled, was hoping he was going to get a 20. He got a six. Uh, <laughs> 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 and for the rest of the story arc, I'm going to call out what everyone rolls. <laughs> Thank you. Keep us honest. Keep us honest throughout. 
We're going to start like picking our characters and everything like that as soon as we get into oh, this. 100%. <laughs> There's characters for each of us in this story. Yes, there are. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I actually sent an image to our group chat earlier in this week <laughs> that outlined exactly our characters. Oh, yes. For this. But we see that these dark elves are making their way through Niflheim because they are here to free one Malekith who is not, in fact, the worst Thor villain of the MCU, but in fact, one of, if not the best Thor villains in the comics. These yeah. Dark Elves make a campaign fighting through giant spiders to get to Malekith. Yeah, um, one of them sacrifices his life diving in a hole, who hasn't done that in a D&D campaign, uh -huh. to save Malekith and to rescue him from the hole that he has been imprisoned in. And this full page spread of him getting out of the hole for the first time with snakes all around him, the chains broken and him holding a dagger. Hard this is why you get a Ron Garney. Yes. Look, look at this Ron Garney art. Jesus. It goes crazy. so hard. We need more Ron Garney. We do. Yeah. And so Malekith heads out with uh scum tongue who mm -hmm. is just the best. He's, as a wise man once said, Malekith's number one, a guy. Yeah. A guy. Stop. Yeah. I was, thank you so much. I'm so glad you made the reference. I was thinking the exact same thing. I, was, I love the bit later in the volume Mom when rules. Malekith is like, scumton, gun. Yes. It's, oh, it's so good. So Thor is visiting with his warriors three plus Sif in Asgardia above Broxton, Oklahoma. And they are celebrating the fact that um, Volstag has been voted into essentially the Senate of the Nine Realms. Volstag! Volstag, who nothing bad will ever happen to him in this series. You nope, can quote me not on at that. all. This is the best yeah. thing that'll happen to him. Yeah. And during this, uh, during this, I guess, celebration, we see one of the other uh, Dark Elf senators suddenly freaks out because he gets a vision that Svartalfheim is burning. And Thor heads down with Sif and the Warriors 3 to find that, indeed, Svartalfheim is burning. They come upon a village that has been decimated, and that is when they run into Malekith for the first time. Malekith! <laughs> that just, now, for Malekith. all you d listeners, Malekith. this is him going into the... <laughs> Him going into the Feywild. That's what this is. Yeah, so he's going into the Feywilds. Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, we find Thor basically fails a uh, persuasion check. Yep. And Malekith takes the hostage that he has been holding and cuts her arm off. And says, here, you can have one piece, I'll have the other. Because Malekith is depraved and he's Malekith also incredible. in the comics, for those of you who don't know, Malekith in the comics is truly like the Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he is sick and sadistic and mean <laughs> whereas Malekith in the movie is a milk toast <laughs> which is a bum you know it's what it's true it, it's actually kind of funny because like I, I never got that much of Malekith in like the comics but to see him in full-fledged this I was like oh my god this guy's yeah. a badass over here yeah he's intense well and now that you mention it too uh harkening back to the point we made last week if this was a motion comic, Ugh, the person um... I would cast for Malekith, 
I think one Willem Dafoe would do incredible. Oh, oh shit. No yeah, complaining just... now. I am giving you the larger share. <laughs> oh, I can yeah. hear it. It's so yeah. good. You would just have to do a Green Goblin voice. It'd be great. That's all it is. Yeah. You've it is. caught me in a generous mood, as Guardian. How about we compromise? <laughs> I will spare her. Spare. Ah, oh, it'd be great. So scary. So <laughs> Thor so cauterizes the wound on this female dark elf, and she reveals his plan is to slaughter as many dark elves as possible. Because basically in Svartalfheim, might equals right. And Malekith is pulling an apocalypse. Only the fit will survive. Yep. <laughs> Thus begins the <laughs> wild hunt. Malekith, uh, again, this last page goes so, so hard so good a, a winged tiger of a yeah. winged side metal tiger <laughs> with this giant ass spear like oh so sick dude so good with this rabbit dogs with the, the other elves on like yeah. rabbit dogs following him it's so neat. and then and then this is like a heavy metal and then you turn the page and you get a beautiful map of the of the nine realms Oh, that's where you guys get. That's where get you it. get it. Okay, that's where I get it. Oh, interesting. That's you not guys where are... I got it. That's not oh. where I... I get it either. But yeah, I do know which map you're talking about, and I love that map. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. So coming to chapter fourteen, the League of Realms, we find in Nidavellir, land of the dwarves, that the queen of the uh, of the dark elves, alongside her royal guard and other uh, courtesans are being hidden there because Malekith's killing everybody. And they are basically like, this is going to be a problem. And they say that, uh, no, no, it's okay. We've sent Sir Wormsong, our greatest warrior, to do battle with Malekith. And we first see Sir Wormsong, and I look at him and I'm like, oh, this guy's a red shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. guy's a red shirt for real. As so as real. um Star Trek Daddy Anson Mount would say, this man's a red shirt. Oh. And <laughs> we see him in I guess a duel with Malekith above this pit of his wild dogs. And he's basically like, Cool, whichever one of us, you know, loses, they'll get cast into the bottom and they've been waiting or they've been just fed dark elves so they've got a taste for us yeah but this guy has no chill because he's just like no it's not fair like they're your dogs man like <laughs> wouldn't he fight with you anyway like come on dude you a duel to the death like shut the fuck up and like, fuckboy thor is just like hey that's my that's my guy that's my guy <laughs> <laughs> the fucking impression you voice you did for him <laughs> he's like get him my dude like, <laughs> And so Wormsong actually bests Malekith. Like, he punks him the fuck out. And then yeah. Malekith's like, actually, no. He slices the log that they're fighting on top of and uses fucking uh, Mr. Miracle discs to stand on. So tight. As Sir Wormsong <laughs> plummets to his death and is ripped apart by these hounds. So tight. He casts the spell floating disc. Yeah, yep. exactly. And he fucking... He, he cheats because Malekith is a cheater because Malekith some villains are irredeemable and that's yes. okay. Yes. So 
Thor, the Warriors 3, Sif, and the other uh, Asgardians show back up to Asgardia, and they're faced with All-Mother Freya. And I forgot just how good Freya looks in that All-Mother armor. Uh, yeah. Like, she I looks miss, like she is business. I miss this era of Thor stuff, because I think this era of Thor stuff is super cool. It's like the All-Mothers and Asgardia being... Asgard being Asgardia and it being above yeah. Broxton. I love yeah. that era. It's super it's great good. stuff. I, I will say though, it's so I, good to see Freya like that. Yeah. yeah. If, if um, you like this, Jacob, I, I've never actually seen her in this. Yeah. In, in oh, the really? most okay. recent, uh, in the most recent volume with, uh, yeah, with Thor, Don, Donnie Cates and I, it was, I don't think he was Nick Klein. It was a different uh, artist. Um, gave a redesign for Freya. Yeah. That is, 100 percent my favorite it's look for that better. character yeah it's it's even better than this it's it's so good it's sick and it's Very feral cool. and it's badass yeah <laughs> and so <laughs> thor's basically like all right so this is what we're gonna do we're gonna roll up with the might of asgard i'm gonna fuck up malekith and that's the business that's it and freya's like actually what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you an adventuring party <laughs> we're gonna send you into critical role and don't worry i've got your party right here called the league of realms 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 hell realms. yes first off first off Haley, here is your starting lineup for the league of realms first up at point guard we have from Alfheim, Sir Ivory Honeyshot of the Light Elves. <sighs> At shooting guard, we have Screwbeard of the Nidavellir Dwarves. At center, we have Ogmunder Draglavad Vinsuvius the 17th from Jotunheim. <laughs> At small forward, we have Ud the Troll. And at power forward, Thor of Asgard. <laughs> but they are not alone because coming off the bench, sixth woman of the year, we have Lady Waziria of the Dark Elves of Svartalheim. Hell yeah. He Hot is dark the elf. business. Hell like, yeah. He comes up yeah. and she she walks up and Thor's just like, hey, look, like, because she was the captive who lost her arm due to Malekith. He's just like, look, I don't know about this. Like, you're still recovering. And she takes a twig off of a bush and goes, no, don't worry about it. And she makes herself a new arm with this twig clearly setting her up as a druid cable could never yes cable could never <laughs> cable don't know her. so we've got waziria the druid we have sir ivory honeyshot the uh the fighter yep we have uh screwbeard the artificer mm -hmm. ud the barbarian mm -hmm. augmunder the ranger and thor the paladin Hell that yeah. is your yeah. adventuring party for this D&D &D campaign. Sick, dude. I fucking love this. I couldn't like I couldn't get over how much I love this. I blew through this arc like in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... once you get to this point you're just like, "Oh, I don't want to put this down." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome and I don't want to put this down. This is incredible. <laughs> I mi so... I missed our last session for D&D &D and I just read this instead. 
<laughs> fair. fair. <laughs> totally fair. This That's is basically fair. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. arrive at Nidavellir to speak with the Queen of the Dark Elves, but it's uh, quiet. Too quiet. And when they arrive, they find that the Dark Elves are being beset are beset upon the dwarves. The Dark Elves are just murdering people left and right. Malekith gets a great little sneak attack because he is a rogue warlock multi-class. And a bitch. And a bitch multi-class as well. He's level two bitch. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so everybody's fighting you except for Ud. Or anything. No, no feats. No feats for this man. He's straight yeah. up level two bitch. Ud is basically like, ah, I don't fucking care about this. So he just like sits and watches while everybody else is dying around him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as uh as Thor begins to lose ground against Malekith, fucking Ogmunder busts his hand and grabs a dark elf and yeets him out of the mountain. So sick, dude. Having a giant so cool. with giant arrows is amazing. When the giant arrows come into play later, that's one of the best, like, it's not even like a reveal because like we see him with the with the quiver on his back. Yeah. But it's one of the best, like, oh my god, I totally forgot that they set this up that he had the quiver on his back. And he's like, like holy shit. The coolest sequence of Hawkeye, the <laughs> Disney Plus series, is what this guy deals with on the daily. This is what he does on the daily, but he does it with threes. <laughs> <laughs> And so Thor gets the upper hand against Malekith, but unfortunately Screwbeard is too consumed with getting revenge for the dwarves. So he just wants to make a, as he puts, big explode. Big explode. And causes big a gigantic explode. explosion that rocks the entire mountain. The, the villain Malekith and his hordes get away and they find that the dark elf hierarchy has been murdered and their heads strung up to be displayed. So there is now no queen of Svartalfheim right now. Mm -hmm. um, chapter 15, Bury My Heart in Jotunheim. I love these titles. I love them so much. They're, they're definitely names of sessions in this D&D camp. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. So we cut to Alfheim, Realm of the Light Elves, and we find that it's been a bit. Oh. Some time has passed. The Dark Elves are still continuing their campaign. But also, I just want to say, we see these two Dark Elves riding in on their uh, on their rabid dogs. And they're like, it's all right. I think we lost him. And all of a sudden, I hear in my head, ah! <laughs> you hear like the drums going. And he just <laughs> comes <laughs> swiping <laughs> in from the background. Thor absolutely bodies these elves, and one of them, unfortunately, gets beset upon by the mystic creatures of the Feywilds, who feed this man until he literally bursts. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> absolutely brutal. Yeah. Um, we find that Waziria is a little too gung-ho for killing her fellow uh, dark elves, even though they could have used them for uh, interrogation, and she does not give a fuck because she wants to kill all of them. They take uh, they take refuge in a shanty town deep in the Sugarwoods, which, Jacob, I have to say, for our... 
Did you get the flashback to our Feywilds campaign? Oh yeah. Here because I 100 percent did. Thing going on. Totally yes. did. Oh, like the fun. first session, we go and we find that there's this Candyland village that's being beset upon by evil robots. Hell yeah. So good. There was even a Candyland uh, dragon that was a yep. part of this that was destroying this said sugarcane village. It was what amazing. Was, was it made out of candy? <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up. The Feywild's weird, yeah. man. That fucks me up, actually. So... <laughs> Uh, so our we see that our League of Realms, like many D and D adventuring parties, aren't exactly getting along. And so what do they do? Hey, let's all get drunk. That always brings teams together. And we see uh, Thor and Uglander getting just absolutely blasted, trying to outdrink each other. And Thor actually outdrinks the Mountain Giant. I was surprised by this because that because that Me man too, is large. By the way, Thor goes hard. He does. He's had a, he's had a lot of time to practice drinking. That's fair. I was, was going to say that was a natural twenty for him to win. One hundred percent. Oh, for sure. That's a nat twenty. Yeah. One hundred percent. For sure. Contested Constitution saving throws. Oh yeah. Thor absolutely won that out. Uh, he goes off to get some air while uh, Waziria goes after him to ask his uh, ask his perspective. And then we get this really great monologue from Thor just talking about Do how it. terrified he was. All right. Do it. Yes. Okay, okay. Here we go. <clears throat> my first memories of my father are ones of fear. I was terrified by the very sight of him. The giant gray beard and massive crowned head, a face that was always scowling, and so huge they could throttle dragons, and had, I was convinced. As soon as I was able to totter about on my own, I would run and hide whenever I heard his great thudding steps coming through the halls, his voice booming like cannon fire. One of his guards would have to snag me in a net whenever the Allfather wished to look upon his progeny. When he bid me sit beside him at feasts, they'd have to chain me like a dog to the leg of his throne. Even as I grew older, I don't know what that I ever overcame that fear. I just became better at hiding it. A hard guard, my father, but one who would always move heaven and earth for his children, and did, quite literally, on many occasions. From Odin I've learned to command... I learned the ways of the worlds and the godly arts of war. From my mother, I learned everything else. From Freya, the mother who raised me. She was such the peacemaker. She could make even my brother and I friends again, mere moments after we'd very nearly murdered one another. From my brother, I learned trickery and the power of the lie. And all I know of fighting and walking the path of the hero... I learned from you. But as I sit here now, none of those lessons seem equal to the challenge I face. It won't be fear or love or lies or even thunder that holds this league together and brings Malekith to justice. Or perhaps, perhaps it must be all those lessons at once. I know not. I'm too full of liquor and too empty of wisdom. What sayeth thou, old friend? And we find out that he's 
speaking to Mjolnir. There's a little rumble, and he says, that is what I thought you might say. Now, what's beautiful about this is knowing what we know now about Mjolnir yes. gives it even more weight. Ah, so true. It is, that. that is a brilliant monologue. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliantly done, by the way. Oh, uh, that just pays off even better now. Like, it yeah. was fantastic then. Pays off even better now that we know what's going on with Mjolnir and what's inside Mjolnir and all that mm-hmm. jazz. Like, mm-hmm. the mythos on that hammer is totally changed. And it, it, it's fucking cool. Yeah, and I, and I love that Jason Aaron's Thor run is iconic in the way that it's it planted seeds that we're now watching grow. Yeah. Even long after his run has ended. Yeah. You know who loves his run? Donny Cates. Uh- <laughs> As he should. As he should. Donny Cates clearly loves that run. For all of the problems that people have with Donny Cates, he's good. He's he's he he can be good people. He can he can be good people. So Thor ends up hooking up with Waziria. Hell yeah, he does. Because it's a hot I mean, looking kiss. I get it. I get it. Two hot yeah. people. And we see that. Arm do. <laughs> Jesus. And so we see uh, <laughs> that one of the Dark Elf children are watching them. And he's got a real scary look on his face. So that's going to be a problem. Uh, we cut over to Jotunheim where. Is it Malachus? Yeah, isn't that Malachus? That's Malachus like possessing that person. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. That's why he's got that half black. Yeah, yeah. I can say it. <laughs> Malcolm can say it. That's why he's so, got the, the original Star Trek look going on. Yeah. Oh, God. So <laughs> we cut over to Jotunheim where uh, the giants are going after the refugees, the uh, Dark Elf refugees. And Malekith is more than happy to take advantage of it and slaughter more of his own people. League of Realms jumps in and they are just giving the absolute business to these dark elves and we finally get the first shot of our ranger our archer knocking back one of those giant ass arrows that i am convinced is just a tree trunk uh-huh. yeah. it's That's just all it a tree is. trunk that he's sharpened it's just tree trunks with 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 fletches i love that so much and it's so cool it's so cool and the arrows like explode upon impact because tree trunks being flung at that speed it's incredible Uh, there's a type of arrows for this in D &D that uh the fact that the he whoever's playing this character got special permission from the dm to actually say hey can i have these glowing arrows <laughs> and stuff? And it's like, yeah but can they be the size of tree trucks yeah uh well that's uh, a little op but uh, all right yeah let's try it i want to see what how the how you work that in yeah he for sure rolled a night right here and he <laughs> and the dm realized very quickly during this combat encounter how op he is because then he makes the big bad evil guy of this campaign kill him immediately mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. he fudges the rolls a little bit he's like uh yeah yeah he rolls a he rolls a 20 and that's a crit and um like, he's gonna use one of his legendary actions to double his crit so now he's rolling uh four die and that's uh plus 50 for his damage yep. so <laughs> yep malekith straight up jumps into the archer's mouth down his throat and makes him collapse 
the other uh, dark elves begin to retreat. They go to the League of Realms, runs up to inspect their friend, and just cutting straight out of his eyeball is Malekith. That is metal as fuck. Yeah. And as they are, as the League of Realms is about to continue the attack, we see that Malekith came to Jotunheim not to kill his refugees, though that was a fun side activity. He came to recruit the Frost Giants. Mm -hmm. And now they are heavily outnumbered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we get to chapter 16. I, Thor, condemn thee to die. As Thor and the League of Realms are basically forced to let Malekith and the... uh, and the Frost Giants leave due to if they attack the Frost Giants, they're declaring war on Jotunheim. They leave. Thor makes a uh, a grave for their fallen comrade. The uh, headstone reading here lies Ogmunder, Dragon Vlad, Vesuvius the 17th, son of Jotunheim, defender of realms, a giant of few words, but mighty deeds. They have lost their first player character. Mm-hmm. And that is a blow that all of them feel heavily it sucks yeah. it really sucks yeah. and i'm kind of sad that they killed him just it's really a bummer early. it's a big yeah. bummer but just like any D campaign that can happen yeah just depends on how the dice rolls raises the stakes they then make their way to vanaheim where they find that the refugees there have already been slaughtered and they start to realize hold on a second no one knew we were coming this way someone knew something and they realized there's a traitor in the league of realms mm-hmm. and immediately our boy uh our light elf looks at the dark elf and is like you know guys i don't want to bring this up but uh <laughs> are you saying he's he's been in April. that parts and rec bit <laughs> don has been awfully quiet. Hey, Ron, donald's been awfully quiet <laughs> really really <laughs> And that's essentially what this devolves into, which I love. And that's all it is, is. I'm not mad. Who broke it? <laughs> Who broke it? I broke it. I got mad. At it. it burned me. So I got mad. I punched it. <laughs> so Thor starts to think like, I don't know what's going on. Everyone's ganging up on Waziria. And finally, Thor makes a decision. He's like, you know what? There is a traitor. And it's time they paid the price for what they've done. And he wallops Ood upside the head. And Ood's just like, why are you attacking me? And Thor gives a fairly good argument. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, held, you have held back. You have not attacked unless you wanted to in our most crucial moments. But when I went to attack Malekith, you were right there to hold me back and restrain me. So uh, Waziria use her, uses her druid magic to hold Ud down, and Thor straight up just mercs him. Mm-hmm. Uses Mjolnir to splatter this troll's brains on this bedrock, and that is it. He goes, there is no more League of Realms. Disbands the adventuring party, and he says, we're done. So the rest of the party disbands. Waziria decides to go with Thor and Thor says, we got to ride to the world where miracles happen, which takes them to Midgard. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. As it says here, world of fossil fuels and high fructose corn syrup. 
Worlds of Monsters. Miracles is what they call. <laughs> uh, they go to they go to Guts Are Us Butchers. <laughs> and you know he gives the uh the butcher there a bag of gold and he says take me to uh you know and the guy's like yeah okay you need to go in the back and there we find tucked away underneath this butcher shop the senate the council of Svartalfheim having a friendly debate which means the senators are trying to murder each other with knives Yep. I love this. As you do. As you do, because their culture is all about... Senators actually did this. Yeah, like, maybe I they might actually get actually things done it. then. Who knows? I agree no. with that. Yeah. So as, <laughs> as, uh, as Thor is, you know, trying to convince them to stop their fighting, they're like, no, 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 this guy's coming in trying to explain to us how we do things. Waziria basically says, uh, you know, the councilmen will not hear you. And Thor says, I didn't expect they would. But we'll see what happens once they're given the proper motivation. And then Malekith and his group stroll into the butcher shop. And as as Thor basically says, hey, yeah, they're on their way, though. I suppose you already knew that. And accuses Waziria once again for being the traitor until... This giant fucking centipede thing explodes out of Thor's mouth. This, my friends, is what I call nightmare fuel. Uh I had this terrifying dream. Mm -hmm. Uh And I did not like seeing this in my comic book. Uh I had much issues. Great ending to an issue. Great ending to an issue. Yeah. And we find out that the traitor was actually Thor. The traitor was inside Thor all along. Chapter 17, the god who saved the elves, uh, picks up right after that, where the uh, centipede thing was slipped into Thor's drink, which was expertly foreshadowed by showing the child that Malekith had possessed because he was a bar hand. Mm -hmm. So they slipped that thing into his drink while they were having their... Uh, their drinking contest, and it's they been inside him. of him since then. They... That's all they did. They literally yes. bugged him. Yeah. They yeah. bugged him. <laughs> yes. You are yeah. correct, they my did. friend. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. This is the fantasy realm version of being bugged. Yeah. Basically. And so they are fighting in vain against Malekith's forces, and Malekith says, Goodbye, God of Thunder. Such a shame that you murdered that poor troll for nothing. And then we get a gunshot as the centipede creature explodes and we hear I wouldn't say that and then we get the hardest image in this entire fucking volume as we see our boys our Asgardian enforcers standing there saying Malekith the Accursed the League of Realms hereby sentences you to die screaming i fucking (laughs) love this so much it's sick dude it's great i if you are wondering who in this three picture thing by the way i mean jacob you're clearly our our uh, elf sharpshooter okay i'm uh screwbeard screwbeard the bomb maker and malcolm is ood the troll hell yeah baby look at that face i'm like (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god so um so yeah they're here they st- and i love we've got the guns we've got the axe and screwbeard's just chucking dynamite i love him so much he's awesome it's so cool <laughs> uh so he just wants the splodes baby wants the splodes big splodes he's he's our new rex splode rex <gasps> explode the dwarf um yeah. yes Man. that's a team up i'd love Please. to see hell yeah so we see that uh the league of realms never in fact disbanded it was all a illusion it was all a dream as one man once said <laughs> and thor continues the attack on malekith the league of realms continues the fight against the rest of their forces we get a nice little dragon ball z beam struggle between yeah. Malekith's green energy and Thor's blue lightning. Yeah. So good. It's awesome. It's so good. It's this, so awesome. This battle amongst the uh, tribal council of Svartalheim is just the best. I love it so much. And so Thor and his League of Realms are finally able to turn the tide, dispatch all of the Dark Elves, we do get this great moment where uh, Screwbeard is fighting against uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, Scumtongue. Because Screwbeard's got a bone to pick with Scumtongue, who was the main contributor in slaughtering his fellow dwarves. And at a certain point, Scumtongue just stabs a, a stick of dynamite onto uh, Screwbeard's hand and pins him to the wall. But Screwbeard uses his other dynamite to set him on fire and destroy him. However, he's still stuck to the wall with the knife inside of the dynamite that's pinned to his hand. He's like, all right, I need some help. I need some help. And fucking Ood just chops his hand off. (laughs) And they they run away as the dynamite explodes. Uh, It's so good. Ood rolled a... Uh, he, he rolled, was aiming for a 20. Uh, he got a 2. Chopped <laughs> 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 off a hand. But you know what? They both passed their <laughs> dexterity saving throws. They got away from the uh, from the explosion. Yep. And the final battle continues on. Thor is able to uh, soundly defeat Malekith. However... Before he can strike the killing blow, the Dark Elf Tribal Council has come to a decision. And they've named Malekith the King of the Dark Elves. And why would that be? Because only the fittest survive. And he's wrecked everybody. love this twist. All of the fighting was for nothing. Because he already killed everyone. He already proved he was the strongest. No, all of the yeah. fighting was for something. It was to prove to him, like, hey, you don't have anybody who's stronger than me. I'm your king. Is this your king? No, I'm <laughs> king now. King? I'm king. Yeah. Look at yeah. me. Look at I'm, me. I'm the king, king now. <laughs> <laughs> He's I, straight up Killmongers. It's true. I fucking love it so much. Tight. So Malekith basically says, he's like, and he says, like, Dark elves aren't weak little children looking for a mother to love and coddle us. We only follow the leaders we fear. And as of now, Svartalfheim fears no one more than me. Oh, it's so good. 
It's so and then, good. And then the real hit, the, the real, real gut hit punch. In the because even though he is the king, someone needs to continue to serve his sentence in his place. And Waziria offers to be his proxy. She says that she does it of, his own, of her own free will. It'll end the bloodshed and her people will be safe from Malekith trying to continue his war on his own people. And she makes the sacrifice for her race, for her people, for her home. They have one last goodbye kiss before she is led off to Niflheim to serve out the rest of Malekith's sentence. As Malekith gets the spiked crown of Svartalfheim and is yeah. made the king of the Dark Elves. And not only that, because Svartalfheim is one of the Nine Realms, they get a senator. And who do they choose? Scumtongue. That son of a bitch. Scumtongue. Which I think is genius because Scumtongue, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, had his tongue cut out by Malekith. So he's not going to be able to speak his own mind. It's only going to be through proxies who Malekith can control. Genius. Genius political maneuvering. That's great. Brilliant. And then we get this nice tableau. Well, not necessarily nice, but it's well made. This tableau of Thor talking to uh, his, his light elf friend. And... He basically says, you know, this wasn't for nothing. You forged a brotherhood between beings who were raised all their lives to despise one another. And we see that the League of Realms and the Warriors 3 get some uh, get some good, good food and good drink at Simonson's Steakhouse. Hell yeah. We see Waziria head to Niflheim and those fucking giant spiders again. Hell no. <laughs> and we see... Malekith take his place as the king of the Dark Elves. And they talk about this, uh, the narration here. It says, thus was born the legend of the League of Realms, a legend that would inspire a thousand new songs and sagas. Sagas that would tell of who and where they fought, of the names they gave their weapons, of the sacred bonds that were formed, of the brave souls that were lost, of the worlds that were changed forever. But mostly, they would tell of a god, a god caught between a king and an angry young boy who loved the sound of his own thunder. A god who wondered every day if he was worthy without ever realizing that was the very thing that made him so. And the sagas would tell of far darker things as well. Of a secret born in flame and frost and nursed on the blackest of magic. The sagas would tell of Muspelheim, the land of eternal fire, and the dark pact that was born there. And a war. And of, the, and of war, the war that was coming a war unlike the Nine Realms had ever known. And we see in this epilogue one of the um, one of the frost giants venturing with Malekith uh -huh. into Muspelheim, most likely to make a deal with Surtur. Uh -huh. Oh my god, just uh, and this is for me in my in my comicsology where I get the map of the Nine Realms so there's a map at the end of each issue for mm -hmm. me. Mm, that's cool. Interesting. So it's it's cool getting this map. And if I remember correctly, this map will change as we go along. 
Yes. Yes, it will. Sweet. Takes us to chapter 18, Days of Wine and Dragons. And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because Malcolm hates this issue. I just, God, I just don't care. I, I, this, I don't like the art. I, no disrespect to Dan pa- Das Pastoris. Uh, I just do not like the art. It does nothing for me. And I, ugh, ugh. It's not my, it's not my bag, man. Bums me out. This, uh, this kind of feels like, uh, what is it? Garbage Pail Kids artwork kind of feels like. <laughs> it feels like the same kind of artwork of that. Garbage Pail Kids, he says. Jeff. That's hilarious. That's amazing. That's, that's like, so, even from the so beginning weird. with the vomit and stuff. Yeah. So we catch up with our boy, Fuckboy Thor, who wakes up inside the uh, the mouth of a dragon. And this is basically just a tale of a boy and his dragon. Yep. Where yeah. his dragon uh, is addicted to getting drunk and eating people. And unfortunately, that causes lots of problems when he decides that he's going to drink this village out of its entire house and home and also capture a woman. Thor ends up having to battle him because the two of them just can't agree. They are too different and come from two different worlds and have different uh, expectations made of them. And my, it is sad. It is tragic because the, you find that Thor and this dragon do come, do have a, uh, see kindred spirits in each other. But ultimately, Thor has to slay this dragon for the good of the realm and the good of the people. And this ends up being one of the first times where Thor has had to evolve past his fuckboy nature. So it is, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. But it, again, it is not for everybody, especially not for Malcolm Russell Nelson. I'm sorry, everyone. It's funny, so, you guys were talking about this in the group chat, and I was just like, man, nah, that issue blows, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it sucks as much as you do, but I can understand why you would think that. Which brings us to chapter 19, The Last Days of Midgard, part one, gods and CEOs. Uh, and we catch up once again with Rosalind Solo- Solomon. Roz. She's doing her environmentalist thing for S.H.I.E.L.D. She is beset upon by some uh, Roxxon submarines when Thor comes to her rescue. And I just, I love Thor kicking the shit out of modern technology. It's so cool. It's cool. And following this, we are introduced to Dario Agar, CEO of Roxxon Energy. Biggest putts in the world. Biggest putts in the world. And he is a man who is just loves the sound of his own voice he is very savvy in the ways of legal and corporate destruction and as we come to find out not so legal and corporate ways of destruction as well mm-hmm. uh thor at one point undermines him through this funny little uh i guess uh measuring of dicks and the dicks being <laughs> a large chunk of ice where Dario Agar got a big chunk of ice from the moons of Jupiter to try and sell people on space water, where Thor gets a giant block of ice from Jotunheim 
and is like, you can have it for free. Completely just undermining Dario Agar. I love this shit. However, we do see that Dario is operating on another level because he's got his own rocks on island. And not only that, he's harboring a fantastical secret. Mm. As uh, as Roz and Thor's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say early courtship, continues to navigate its way through the uh, through the honeymoon phase of sorts. Um, we see far in the future, many millennia from now, Thor and his granddaughters are looking at the barren wasteland that used to be Earth. So we are introduced to Atli, Elisiv, and Frigg. Well, not introduced to them. They're in the last volume. Well, reintroduced. Reintroduced, yeah. Reintroduced for the first yeah. time in this volume. Yeah. And they're basically like, dude, this is a hunk of rock, Grandpa. Like, what are we doing here? And Thor's just like, no, just let me reminisce on my old days. Just let me, let me enjoy this. You, you kids today with your iPhones and your things, uh, don't <laughs> take time to sit down and just think and just remember. Back it's in my all, day, we had to walk 45 miles up the way of the Rainbow Bridge in the <laughs> snow, barefoot. Barefoot. Both carrying ways. Your, carrying your, Both ways. your mother on my back. That's what I do. <laughs> However, the reminiscing doesn't last long because who shows up to the planet Earth? Galactus. And he hungers. Hell yeah. Man. Chapter 20, The Last Days of Midgard Part 2, All Worlds Must Die, shows that Galactus has seen better days, and he has come to Earth not because it has any kind of value to him, but because of a vendetta. He's yep. like, I'm no hungry. Way to stop me. Yeah, he's like, I'm hungry. I could eat any other planet. I'm eating this because I can. Because fuck Earth. <laughs> So Thor decides he is going to defend the Earth once more, goes after uh, goes after Galactus after sending his granddaughters away, and begins battle. Meanwhile, in the present day in Broxton, Oklahoma, we see that Thor is conversing with uh, with Roz, and the two of them are having a little coffee date, having a nice little date at their diner, Bill's yeah. diner. Mm-hmm. And so he. Thor basically says, I'm going to deal with with Roxxon and with Dario Agar my way. And I'm going to make war. And Roz is like, I feel like this is a bad idea, but I'm going to come with you anyway, because I want to know what you're going to do. Eric, tell me if I'm wrong, but the dynamic that Thor and Roz have here is very similar to the dynamic that Thor and Jane have in Thor the Mighty Avenger. 100%. And that's why it works. 100%. I Ross love Solomon, it so much. Ross Solomon is my favorite love interest for Thor. Interesting. Okay. 100%. That's really cool. Fair enough. She is she's steadily growing for me cuz I cuz you do like I said you do encounter her throughout this run and I encountered her later on. Yeah. yeah. After certain things that we'll talk it's, about at the end of this happens. And it's not like there's a ton of right. her. But I think she's so interesting. I think there's a lot behind that character. They could do a lot with her. 
Totally agree. And reading her in here where it's establishing her and Thor's relationship, like, she's climbing the ranks very steadily for me. Hell I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. So if you want to put her in the movies, Marvel, Kev, I know you're listening. If you want to put her in the movies, let's do that. Yeah. Right? I, you you, you got to let Kev, uh, you got to let Kevin Feige know, Mr. Kevin Feige. Mr. Mr. No, Mr. Feige's. Dr. Feige. Dr. Feige. <laughs> Daddy. Uh, the good doctor. The good doctor. Um, Thor goes to South America and blows up the factories that Roxxon have there. What a badass. And I love the narration where it's like, uh, Mr. Agar, I regret to report that sometime this afternoon there was an incident at our atmospheric treatment facility in San Diablo. Uh, in short, it's uh, no longer there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, we're being told it was some sort of uh, atmospheric anomaly, a localized superstorm. The village two miles away didn't see so much as a drop of rain, and yet our facility was completely obliterated by lightning. And this is going to cost him a lot of money. And so we find that uh, that Dario is holding some kind of super bears captive. And as he brings his uh, legal team in, I love this scene so much. It's so good. <laughs> They're basically telling him like all the bullshit that's happening and they don't know why he's keeping these bears here. He just drenches them in, uh, in slop and then lets these bears loose to eat all of them. And then we see him change into a fucking minotaur dario aggers a minotaur yep like whoa so fucking cool i love the transformation scene of him like of like one of the lawyers being like mr mr auger i have an idea i have an idea and he's transforming he's like you have 30 seconds mr randolph wow me (laughs) with the giant red eyes that he has full minotaur mode it's sick you know what, Nick? I feel like John Hamm would crush this. Mm, that's mm. I could see that. I can see it. So John Hamm or Aaron Eckert. Oh, I can see an Aaron Eckert. That'd be oh. good. I always wanted the Christian oh, Bale wow. for this role. I always thought Christian Bale would crush this. Oh, he would crush this too. Because this R- would be like some Patrick Bateman. Psycho Christian yeah. Bale. You <laughs> get to have a lot yeah. of fun. I saw either him or uh, it has a lot of. Have you ever seen The Losers? Yes. It has yeah. a lot of Jason Patrick in The Losers energy. Oh, 100%. Okay. Max. Like it, it has yeah. real Max energy. The like, give me 12, give me a 12 man fire squad. It's like, I just told you what the plan is. Give me a 12 man fire squad. Like, <laughs> it has a lot of that energy to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Though I, I could see John Hamm. That's a good call. So I think from a voice and a physicality standpoint, Jeffrey Dean Morgan also might. Mm. That'd, that'd be, be interesting. That'd be hot. So we sexy cut to lineup right here. That's oh my god! Lineup. Let me tell you. Uh, we continue in the many millennia from now. Thor and Galactus doing battle, and I kind of love that it's like the entire like back of Galactus is like blown out. Like he's smoking. <laughs> like yeah. Like no, seriously. Like it looks like something like ruptured. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'll phrase it better. It looks like a suit ruptured. Back. <laughs> hey, you know what? The power cosmic does weird things to you. Okay? Yo, Galactus taking them back. Hey, for once, that wasn't from me. Actually, I'm really proud of you. Actually, 
You know what? It's Pride Month. That's a good time. Oh my god. <laughs> he hooks up his machine. He's like, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, it's it sounds like it's like some like warm <laughs> sound. It's like wow, wow, wow. Yeah, like, oh, oh god. Oh yeah. And then his facts just <laughs> boom. <laughs> You know what? This has been a lesson for me. I'm going to learn to phrase things better in my life. <laughs> I'm going to take this and I'm going to learn from this. Uh, Jesus. Um, oh we God. see uh, Galactus and Thor having a little tete-a-tete, a little battle. And we do see that the lawyer that made his pitch to Dario Agar has gotten through. And he says, you know, now please, I'm dying to hear more. Tell me all about this place called Broxton. And you see Roxxon trucks roll up. Mm -hmm. I hate it. I hate Mm -hmm. it. I hate it so much. This is the Mm -hmm. second book that we've done for Book Club where Roxxon is a big villain. Weird. Yeah. Interesting. Weird. Huh. Uh, Chapter 20. It's like we shouldn't trust corporations. Weird. Weird. Chapter 21, Last Days of Midgard, Part 3, God Incorporated, uh, <laughs> opens up on a fucking amazing full-page spread where Galactus yeah. is just giving Thor the business. Yeah, he's returning that favor. He's blowing up. <laughs> God right damn it. Yes! I'm so happy. <laughs> I was thinking this. Oh. He's, he's giving him the ten-finger blasting. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh man, that's a true uh, shocker right but, there. But Thor can take it. And he's saying, "Still, I say thee nay." God damn it! I shall go hungry this day, Galactus. Uh, a bitter taste of disappointment. Except for the. Yes. <laughs> I hate it. And thine own infernal blood. I mean, it's pretty horny, dude. <laughs> I hate this so much. It's, it's pretty horny. horny. Um, it's a hot <laughs> conflict. Especially again, this is another interesting thing. <laughs> to be serious, this, this is another interesting thing. Please is, be serious. We we have the context of the most recent Thor run, Donnie Cates' Thor run, with Galactus and Me. Thor, and how that's been set up as like a big beef now. Yeah, like, that's true. There is there is a major thing between the two of them now. Uh, Jacob, you should read Donnie Cates' Thor. Uh, that first volume, especially, yeah. is wonderful. So good. Uh, Thor even becomes though, even though I hate world. I hate that like that look on him like that design yeah i know i'm so glad that they've dropped that the 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 25 inch weave with the pocket yeah with the crown like the little like thin crown i i hate it i hate that design is is this the uh is this the 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 prey uh uh that is when the that is when the that's right after that's the second volume okay yeah that's when they fix the look giving him Mm -hmm. the beard and the winged helmet again which is Mm -hmm. peak thor Right, right. Also, that prey story arc is incredible. It is so yeah. good. Yeah, that is an amazing story. You know, on a on a separate note, where you're talking about Christian Bale, Christian Bale would kill Donald Blake in that prey storyline. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Now, see, I when I read that, I read that as McConaughey, but like McConaughey that's, from like Dallas Buyers Club. That's fair. Oh, I could see you that. Skinny, frail McConaughey. He I gets could see real angry. Bushy beard. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. Like, that'd be yeah. scary. If you haven't lately, go read Donny Kate's Thor. 
it's actually pretty good. So uh, Thor can... Thor continues his battle with Galactus, <laughs> and the two of them uh, continue to make the Earth shudder, as the yeah, they do. As, as the Captain Box states. <laughs> um, in present day, we're moving on. In the present day, uh, three weeks have passed, and we see that Roxxon has moved in on Thor's home turf. I love how they do this too, how Thor is like flying into Broxton and starts coughing in the air yep. because of all the smog. Because yes. now Broxton is Los Angeles. Broxton is literally just Los Angeles now yeah. with flying mortal engine cities. <laughs> like, oof, boy. You love to see it. You love to see it. In fact, you hate to see it. And, <laughs> you hate it. It's so and upsetting. I, and I got it's- super triggered as someone living in LA seeing rocks on diesel fuel i'm like oh my god those mm-hmm. gas prices mm-hmm. oh my god mm-hmm. listener if you're it's listening to this at any if you're listening to this in the far future when perhaps gas prices have stabilized at this point in time gas prices are ridiculous uh gas in tucson is i think it's just shy of five dollars a gallon right now yeah oh that it, sounds so nice how much in Los Angeles is very nearly up to seven dollars a gallon? Boy. So those th- those are them rocks on prices. Let me tell you, rocks on prices. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't even be that hard to like make this a thing because like we have Exxon Mobil, which is literally you just take the E out and you put an R O and you've got the, yeah. the fucking logo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either way. Thor shows up to Roxxon Island, not pleased, and begins just destroying everything in his path until Roz gets there and she's like, look, there are legal boundaries here. We cannot do this. And Thor is basically like, okay, fine. You know what? I'll pay you in gold or I'll destroy everything you've got. And Dario's like, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. Here's my legal team. You've been served, bitch. They sue <laughs> Thor and give him a restraining order. And we t- we talked about last week how much Isad Ribic loves to do those open mouth, open mouth surprised looks. This is the this is the best reaction shot stuff. It's so good, paired with the the dialogue box where it's like first thing tomorrow we'll be going before judges in every civilized con country in the world to file restraining orders that will prohibit Thor from coming within 300 yards of any Roxxon facility on the face of the earth. And that includes the aforementioned town of Broxton, Oklahoma. And Thor is just he's never had to deal with a legal team before. <laughs> yeah. and, and he gives me that classic Charlie Brown <laughs> shouting off into the sky. So funny. He kicked I, the football I mean, and he God. missed. Always such sore losers. That's the thing. The the agar the auger lines there, you totally like hear them in Christian Bale, like prime Bruce Wayne yes. voice being just like a smuck. Like go back to fighting uh goblins and uh rescuing unicorns or whatever it is that you do. Like you, you can totally hear it. Uh, <laughs> I love it so much. Always such sore losers. So good. Uh, meanwhile, uh, millennia from now, I, I'm regretting like cutting back to this now. 
Um, <laughs> it's Thor, a great story. Thor continues his battle with Galactus. Galactus kicks the shit out of him, blasts him with the power shit. cosmic, and Throws continues him right his... into a building, like or into a mountain, like yep, a mountain of skulls. <laughs> <laughs> Sends him off into the atmosphere and then continues his work consuming the earth, and then we get the sign. Welcome to Broxton with two X's, where gods, where gods fear, to, fear tread. to tread. What a fucking power move. Yeah. Because the original sign said, welcome to Broxton little... with one X, uh-huh. yeah. neighbors to gods. And he's like neighbors sitting in his like leather chair with some with some champagne and his fucking sunglasses at night. Ugh. What the hell? And he, we find out that. that he has recruited Ulick to do some dirty work. He says, I want him humbled. I want him on his knees. I want him broken in ways he never imagined possible. I fucking love this. I fucking love this. Chapter 22. I want his family. I want his family's family dead. And I want his family's family's dead. So chapter 22, last days of Midgard part four for Thor so loved the world. Opens back up on Galactus trying to consume the Earth when all of a sudden, who shows up? It's the Women of Thunder. Ah! <laughs> like you can hear them screaming that, like yeah. in this full page that's, spread. You, and that's and that's right. You can hear them screaming it. And that's that kind of one hundred percent their battle cry. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. tight. <laughs> Welcome to the land of the ice and snow. Like, oh my god. <laughs> So they bring the fight to harmony. Galactus. Yes. <laughs> While in the present day, uh, Roz is observing the absolute, just complete gentrification of Broxton. Uh, she goes back to her, uh, I guess, her housing, her shield approved housing, and finds Thor in a little, doing his best uh, unbreakable cosplay. I, that's exactly what it is. Is David's done all the way. It's so good. It's that whole thing of on uh, in Thor Ragnarok. He's like, it's my disguise. It's my disguise. Like, he's people can like see your eye. face. And he's like, <laughs> not when I do this. Like, people would see that and instantly be like, holy fuck, is that <laughs> Thor? He's still wearing the helmet underneath it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is like, Thor is so this is like the equivalent of wearing a trench coat and a hat. You know, yeah. it's, it's like <laughs> this guy's for disguise. him just about as much as the classic MCU disguise of a ball cap and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and so who Ross is like, "You I need to get the I fuck am. out of here." Who, who is that? Like, you need to get out of here. And Thor is just like, "Look, I'm going to solve this. Uh, we cannot let these people down. They put their trust in Asgard. They put their faith in me." And Ross goes, "You know, fight's not over." Uh, right now, I need you to put your faith in me. And Thor leans in and goes, that, Rosalind Solomon, I did the moment I met you. And he and flies off. In. He grabs her arm, too. Do you see the arm grab? Uh-huh. That's a hot but, arm Yeah. But not in, a, uh, not in a violent way. No, no, not in a violent way. In like a loving embrace way. It is yes. very sexual. <laughs> is he flies sexual off and Roz movie. just says under her breath, <laughs> totally could have kissed me there, God of Thunder. Totally. I love Roz. I love Roz. She rules. She's awesome. You, do you know who? Do you know who she really is? 
she's Christy uh, 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 Romano. Oh, man. There's like a third name in there. I never remember it. Uh, who voices Kim Possible? Oh like, yes, who, Christy Carlson Romano. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, like how that's how did I know that. Who Solomon would be that? That I could hear that voice for sure. That you got that right? Kim Possible voice. One hundred percent. She's like older Kim Possible who grew up, went to Shield Academy, got really into environmental sciences, and was like, actually, it's kind of fucked up what they're doing to the world. <laughs> I'm going to specialize in this while also being a secret agent. <laughs> You know what I find really interesting <laughs> that they could have done, but they could have replaced the Darcy character in the MCU with Roz. Yes. And it would have made all the sense in the world. Yes. Like, no... No, no disrespect to Kat no Dennings, to Kat Dennings or Darcy. I mean, hell, you could have made Kat, Kat Dennings, Dennings could like have been that. Roz. Yeah, she could have been Roz. For sure. Now, yeah. I mean, Roz is created a couple years later, like right. after the first four movie. So it's that's fair play. Timing you know, wouldn't wouldn't have made sense. But you could have just made Darcy become what Ross Solomon is. Hundred percent. Like you could have just had you know when Darcy shows up in like WandaVision, Oh, she went through Shield training and now she's environmental science. Like you could totally do that. That'd be fine. Yeah. So Roz begins yeah. uh, checking you out know, the many I, sinkholes. Uh, I thought it was but, very funny because like um, we had like roz oh sorry we we uh the way the fact that her short name is roz i thought for some reason this is for our older listeners uh i kept hearing like perry gilpin from fraser the the woman who plays uh oh interesting her name is also roz interesting (laughs) that's really funny that is for the older listeners yeah That's, that's why specific. that's why ladies and gentlemen just like our first very specific just like our first uh volume we have three generations of thor giving you this <laughs> podcast <laughs> uh jason or jacob is very clearly thor. old man thor uh malcolm is our modern day thor and i of course <laughs> am the fuck boy thor yeah you're the young thor uh so we we see yeah, we see uh Roz checking out one of the many sinkholes around Broxton, which have been, for some reason, showing up around the town inexplicably. And Roz's car is shot down, which makes me sad because I love that flying car. And she comes face to face with Ulick and his trolls. And Roz is not fucking intimidated mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's why I say she's Ellen Ripley. She's straight up just like Agent Solomon a shield. You're all under arrest and pulls out the littlest pistol. I love it. But yeah. her belt is so cool, too. It's like, uh, she goes, belt, maximum caliber. It goes, printing now. She's like, print faster. It prints. It 3D prints. 3D prints. Yeah. Bullets maximum caliber bullets. in a mag that she could just load into her gun immediately. Ross Solomon is the moment. She is an icon. She is a human hurricane. And I love her. Which works great for the God <laughs> of Thunder. can't do the show without her, honestly. It's true. <laughs> Niles would be a wreck without Ross. <laughs> exactly. Um, we see at one point uh, Atley using uh, Yarnbjorn back in the future, just absolutely destroying Galactus's mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, busts up his jaw. Yeah, now he looks like Chamber. Fucking love it. <laughs> he looks love like Giant it. Chamber, and I love it. That's terrifying. <laughs> right? That's <laughs> So scary. And we see too that Frigg is like using the actual Stormbreaker. 
I yeah. love that shit. Yeah. That's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jacob, r- real quick. Did you tell Eric what you bought? Speaking of speaking of Stormbreaker. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I, the reason why I only know about somewhat that Danny, that, that, that run of Thor, Thor that's recent and prey is because, uh, I bought the beta Ray bill, uh, <gasps> tray back of that. Yeah. Um, fucking love it. I didn't run to you. Right. So you yeah. read, did you like it? I've, I've read it like three times back to back. So is it not good. the best goddamn comic? It made me fucking cry. I've, I've read yes. a lot of beta Ray bill and this was the one that actually made me cry. And like so touching and so yeah. beautiful. I openly weeped like twice during <laughs> so, the book. Same. Yeah, I, same. I need All, more beta Ray Bill. Also, that. folks, yeah. if you're a fan of Daniel Warren Johnson, go pick up Do a Power Bomb. Do a Power Bomb has the same energy as Beta Ray Bill. Ah, same energy, and I love it so much. Same the energy. Per- it's the perfect marriage of my two passions: comic books and pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. This was the best week of comics for Eric Azana ever. <laughs> He's not wrong, ladies and gentlemen. This week was specifically made just for you. I love it. It doesn't happen often, but it was incredible. <laughs> Malcolm sends me a photo just to derail this for a moment, listeners. Malcolm sends sends the group chat a photo saying, I call this the Azana special. And it's got fucking Captain America, uh, symbol, uh, Sentinel of Sentinel Liberty. Liberty. Yeah. Number one. It's got do a power bomb number one, and it's got the Tim Drake Pride special. I'm like, <laughs> a week of comics built specifically for me. Specifically for you. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> how does this happen? <laughs> oh, wait god. a minute. I wanted, and that Tim Drake special is that with all of my dreams and wishes? Is that what that special is? Do you not know? No. About Tim right now? No, I don't. Oh, no, I don't. you need to so, you, I, either while I'm you out right now, we're out right now. I'm going to th- be on. I think I think we have co- I think we have copies. So Jacob, because Jacob isn't we're giving you a far, far just derailing <laughs> this whole thing. Visiting L.A. right now. So Jacob, <laughs> we are going to go to the comic book shop and I'm going to get you that Tim Drake pride special. I, I plan yeah it's oh so i didn't know that you didn't know yeah. oh yeah no no i didn't i've also, been saying this for a long time and i've been waiting for this to happen also yeah. uh tim drake solo series just announced i'm so fucking excited <laughs> later this year i can't wait september oh my god i can't september. wait september is gonna be what? a great month of comics oh, well yeah tim drake colon robin well, I'm back. Ah! Starting in September. Oh, man. And it's going to be following up on the stuff from the Pride special, written by Megan Fitzmartin, who's been kind of the caretaker of Tim Drake. Yep. And I love uh, it. For the last year. Uh, and furthering this story of Tim Drake. With and art his- by uh, Riley Rosmo, I believe. Ro- yeah, which is really interesting. I wouldn't have expected that. I was yeah, hoping- not, not that I would have picked, but I... Yeah, I, I love Belen Ortega's art. Yeah, me too. Me too. That Pride special is. Yeah. I have it sitting right over here. It's it's gorgeous. Like it's it so is good. So good. I love Belen Ortega's art. Um, but yeah. So back to Thor. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> so Sorry, uh, I, the the battle I, continues. I no, 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 you're good. Uh, don't worry <laughs> no. about it. So the battle continues where the girls of Th- <laughs> the girls of thunder are battling against Galactus. 
Thor wakes up, takes Mjolnir and heads back to the battlefield. Light years uh, away. Again, light years away. So cool. And then like Thor like warp speeding. So good. Beautiful. <laughs> so cool. We see uh, Dario Agar walk into Bill's diner. That fucker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to... He walks in and he goes, look at this. Genuine Midwestern anachronisms. I'm going to miss them when they're gone. Perhaps we could put some in a zoo. And I'm like, I fucking hate him so much. I yeah. hate him so much. I love him. He's the best. He's the best villain. So they're trying to it's buy so out cool. Bill's diner. The The staff is not willing to sell. And then Thor shows up. And as he as he and Dario Agar have a little tete-a-tete, the trolls break out of the ground. Dario transforms into his Minotaur self, and we are off to the races. I I love that bit in, in the interaction with, with Dario, where Thor says, like, because uh, uh, Agar mentions, like, oh, you don't sound like a god who's come before me to beg. And Thor's like, if it will end these good people suffering, then I, Thor, will beg this day. The safety of Broxton and its citizens mean more to me than my pride ever could. Just tell me, great Lord of Roxton, how much begging will it take to make you feel like a man? And I was just like, I wouldn't know, God of Thunder. You see, it's been a very long time since I felt anything quite so simple like a man. <laughs> I, oh. I love the confidence of that character. This, <laughs> this, is, this is exactly the kind of shit that we should be getting in Superman comics between Superman and Lex. That's that's exactly yes! what they, they literally just made Thor Superman. Yeah. For this yes. run. Maybe that's why I love this run so much. And I don't know what it I is. I love yeah. this run. <laughs> it's so Thor good. Superman, and then he's replaced by a better Superman. <laughs> <laughs> So, but we will get to that, ladies and gentlemen. We will get to that. (laughs) Uh, So meanwhile, the far future, Thor isn't going straight back to the battlefield. He shows up to the dark edges of space where the Necroblade is waiting for him. All black, the Necro sword. Reaching into the black hole and you just, it's a pure black page. But but you you can see it of him reaching towards this thing that's in the center and it's the hilt of the necro sword but you can see the um, brush strokes yeah of all the black yeah, it's, it's painted black i love it it's i cool. love yeah. it it's cool as hell which brings us to chapter Very 23 cool. last days of midgard part five blood of the earth Woo! battle continues girls of thunder are getting a little overwhelmed when who shows up behold all black the All Father, the God of Butchers, the Necro Thor, metal as fuck, screaming, crying, metal throwing up fuck. is the greatest thing of all time. Yes, <laughs> Thor comes rocketing down, and once again we hear, <laughs> like, and, like and it, but it's like screams behind his back again. God like damn it! Right the <laughs> he right through his pelvis and just pops right out the back. It's, uh, yeah, he does. It true. <laughs> in the present day he just went full on in oh, the man. present day we see thor <laughs> getting jumped by all of the trolls thor's taking a couple shots to the body he is and takes it's another rough. shot to the body courtesy of dario who absolutely just headbutts 
straight into his sternum. I love him getting into the runner pose and be like, all right, it's time to get to business. And it takes off and just punts him. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking goes flying. And uh, they begin him, man. to... Yeah. yeah. They begin to lay siege to, uh, to Broxton. When Thor looks up, Dario's standing over him. He's like, you're a monster. And he's like, you hired trolls, murdered your own lawyers. Then you transformed yourself into this beast, a beast with the strength of the Hulk. That means... And Dario goes, yes, what exactly does that mean? Almighty God of Thunder. We cut to outside the city and you hear, boom. And fucking Dario goes flying and he hits the ground. And Thor goes, it means I can finally do that. He has been waiting to sock this man on the jaw for this entire volume. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he finally gets to fucking do it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, he and Ulick begin battling while All, Thor- All Black, the All Father, battles against Galactus. And at a certain point, the, uh, the some trolls are cornering the... Uh, the employees of bill's diner when all of a sudden gunshots ring out and blah, solomon blah, 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 blah. is just fucking going ham using gun gun foo to kill all of these trolls gun foo i fucking love it and I, I wanted basically the comic from the movie yeah. yes 100 <laughs> percent. and she radios into colson she's like uh colson i've killed uh 13 trolls since we last spoke i never killed anything before today i don't even like to step on spiders and Coulson's like, shield is on its way. Don't worry, we have people to get paid to step on spiders. Just stay out of sight until we get there, okay? Remember, you're an environmentalist, not Nick Fury. She turns and you hear, blam! It goes, Roz? She's like, 14. Fucking Roz Solomon, Roz Solomon is the coolest. She's fucking awesome, dude. This is so... Oh, I love it so much. She's fucking awesome. So uh, Thor continues to battle against Dario and Ulick while in the far future, Thor... <laughs> expels all of all black to defeat galactus mm-hmm. thor this is the end of the game prototype yes 100 percent, it is my friend because <laughs> i forgot to mention last week that the all black just looks like the weapon from prototype good <laughs> <laughs> venom game so like it makes sense oh my god and he gives this amazing uh, that... speech he's like you spoke true devourer of worlds i am thor the destroyer I am the Thor who reaps, the Thor who lays waste. I was the Thor who destroyed the earth, who stood by and allowed it to fall. How Now I am the Thor who will guard this rock until the very last star explodes, until the spaceways are dead and silent, and the heavens are filled with fire. Like, oh, it's so good. While it's cutting to the present day fight a little bit in there, of mm-hmm. Thor just whomping Ulick and Augur. Like, <laughs> it's sequence so well so good so So we cut some many hammer blows later dario is cornered by shield who's like oh thank god you're here it was terrible there were trolls killing everybody they slaughtered my lawyers they even took my clothes (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what's happening man if i had a girlfriend she'd kill me game over man game over god Bill Paxton would have been a really good Dario. He would have crushed oh, it. Would have crushed shit. it. Shit. Shit. Oh, shit. That would, oh, that's that so have been really bad. good. Oh. And he's technically oh, not in Marvel Cinematic Universe canon anymore. So, yep, it's true. 
It's fucking stupid, but whatever. Ugh, whatever. So um, we see in the present day that, unfortunately, due to the battle, most of Broxton has been destroyed. And what is left of it is owned by Roxxon. They haven't really changed anything. I, and I love the uh, the narration here. It says, "Where in what was once a town called Broxton, Thor, the god of thunder, looks upon his work and weeps. And where his tears fall, nothing will ever grow again until the end of time. While at the end of time, on what was once a world called Earth, Thor, the king of Asgard, is surprised to find that he still lives and bleeds. And where the drops of god blood fall, the dead rock drinks deep and lo." The earth has blood of its own again. And we see Thor's blood just ignites an entire field of flowers. Mm -hmm. It says the last day of Midgard, it would seem, we'll have to wait until another tomorrow. That last two dialogue boxes get me teary-eyed every time. It's so good! Because it's so perfect. It's so good. Uh, Thor defended this barren rock because of what he believed in it and because of his faith. The Earth answered. Yeah, it's ah, beautiful. So good. So good. Um, chapter twenty-four, last days of Midgard. Epilogue. Adieu, Midgard. Adieu. Dario Agger is given a press conference where he <laughs> blames everything on the Asgardians. <laughs> he couldn't have said that more. Like, yeah, whatever. This asshole is like up here, just being a billionaire. <laughs> he is. He's doing damage control. He is. I he fucking is. hate him. So he's the best villain. He's so good. We see uh, Jennifer Walters, aka She-Hulk, um, is able to, you know, she she gets Roxxon's injunctions against Thor lifted. But beyond that, there's not a whole lot else we can do. And because of Dario's press conference blaming the gods, public opinion has turned against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roz arrives in Asgardia, and Thor is meeting with uh, with his mother Freya, where they basically say, we gotta pull out. We gotta get out of here. Um, if not for ourselves, then for Broxton, so they don't have to reap any kind of, you know, undue consequences for us being there. And Thor is basically like, he's left at a loss. Like, they had been connected to Broxton for so long, and now he wasn't able to save it. And he says you know the there's world this really it's... cool panel yeah that in the midst of him talking to um his mom uh that looks like a very uh very clean shaven chris hemsworth uh, in the bottom like panel yes. of yeah. when they're talking 100 i i just wanted to point that out because of how very much influential how like uh chris hemsworth is like being thor right now i like, i'm glad you did like I'm glad you brought that up because I want to talk about the art real quick. I I love this. I love this art the art in this issue. This I think is great. he's amazing. Augustine Alicio so doesn't. I, I haven't seen him on a lot of like Marvel stuff, but I've seen him on some stuff, and I he looks his art looks a lot like a uh, Adi Granov mm-hmm. that like imaging kind of art, and it's it's gorgeous. Like it is unbelievably yes. beautiful. Just how everything looks and how everyone looks like people. Like you you mentioned, he looks specifically like Chris Hemsworth, but he looks like a real guy. Yeah. Like, all of them do. Everybody does. Yes. Yeah. Like Freya actually looks like she's wearing armor, like realistic armor that a person would wear. Like I, I love it. I, like this is I, this is a hundred percent my shit, and it makes me sad because it's like something that I'm sure takes this much detail. You could not put on an ongoing. It has to be like a guest art type of thing. Yeah. yeah. But 
it's so good that we get this in here in a entire volume of wonderful artists. Yeah. And this is the perfect way to, to like solemnly end this run, basically. Yes. Yeah. The, it's like, so the, fitting and so appropriate. The way it's drawn is, is very solemn and very like ending. Yeah. It's very good. Thor says after meeting with Roz and overlooking Broxton that they're leaving, he says the world and its people have changed so much since, you know, the, since the first time he laid eyes on Midgard. And she says, all I know is you won't find the answer up here. We cut, we cut to Broxton. All of the gods have descended and they are bowing to them and asking I, for forgiveness. It's one of the greatest moments. It's so good. And they want to help. They want to give assistance. We cut over to uh, later Thor and Jane are talking. And, you know, she, they're talking and she says, you know, I hope you don't leave with, with, you know, when Asgard leaves. And she, and he says, no, I can't leave Midgard. I could never do that. But I was hoping that you might. And he says, it's more important than ever that someone speak for Midgard in the Congress of Worlds. And I know of no finer candidate. So he recommends Jane. And Jane reveals that her and Walter broke up. So this actually might be the best case scenario. Mm -hmm. So we also get this amazing moment where Dario, after his press conference, is like, I believe my work is done here and you and you hear yeah but guess what mine isn't and fucking roz wallops him in the face i have such a crush on roz solomon dude i she, get it man i 100 percent get it i don't blame you yeah she's so fucking cool she shouts at him she's <laughs> like so i just want you to know that this isn't over i will prove what you did here and nail your bullheaded butt to the wall for it you got my word on that Dario says, and you have my word, Agent Solomon, that I will sue you into oblivion for this assault. And she says, great idea. Too bad you murdered all your lawyers. See you around, Dario. Ah! I want, I want Rod Solomon so bad in the MCU. Dude, so, she would absolutely she crush would. it. She should be the next, like, actual, like, agent that, that, that communicates the next Coulson. Yeah. You know, just put yeah. her in everything. That, that really should. Wouldn't hate it. Just put her in everything. Wouldn't hate you it. You know what? Hey, you know who could use a job right now? Because they just canceled a really wonderful show that she was on. Brenda Song. Yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, which, listeners, if you haven't watched Dollface, Dollface is fucking fantastic. Just, just in got... general, I would love Roz to be Asian. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Bre Brenda Song would absolutely crush it. Brenda Song would crush I just want to see her wallop uh, John Hamm in the face. Right in the face, right? Just how? I know. Oh, I know. I know. How nicer that hey, Or you know what? The, honestly, she's not Asian, but uh, but uh, Camila Mendez from Riverdale. I was oh, thinking yeah. that. Would I was absolutely thinking, crush it as well. She'd be great as Roz. And Jacob, you're right. You put her with Kat Dennings, and there you go. You got a you got a dollface reunion. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. So the gods say farewell to uh, to Broxton. They head out and they're like, "We'll we'll we're gonna keep you in our hearts. We're gonna keep an eye on you. If you ever need us, we'll be there." They leave, and this oh fuck it, this breaks my heart. Uh, this so little girl good. is just like they didn't fix the town. She's like, "Where will we go? This is our home." And then Thor shows up, and he's like, "And may it always be so." He ripped out the biggest castle from Asgardia and fuck it plants it in the ruins of Broxton. He says, 
People of Broxton, I cannot give you back what you lost, but may this serve as a small token of the debt that you are owed by Thor and all the gods. Go inside, little one, and choose your room. And Roz is just like, Thor just tear off a chunk of his guardian and give it away? Can he do that? And Freya says, that is Bilskernir, greatest of all the halls in Asgard. And she says, so what? So whose castle was that? And Freya says, who do you think? It was Thor's. It's Thor's. I, I fucking love it. He it's beautiful. Love it. He leaves a piece of his home for the the humans. It's for his the other Superman home. thing I've ever for his second like, home. Seeing, yeah, yeah. His it's like home. setting up a yeah. fortress of solitude right in the middle of a destroyed mm-hmm. Smallville. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. How that hasn't been yeah. done. Anyway, oh, Broxton right? is just Smallville. Oh my God, they yeah, Broxton is one hundred percent Smallville. Yeah. It's in this, Superman. It's in Oklahoma. This fucking Kansas. book is just nothing more than Superman. Oh my God, it really is just Superman. That's why we like it so much. That's why we yeah. like it so much. Really no offense Superman. to Thor when he's not Superman, but and Thor Ron is Solomon, exponentially better when he's Superman. Yeah, Ron Solomon has real lowest lane energy. She's not a reporter, but she's an environmental scientist. But she has real lowest lane energy, and that's why I love her. Slash Shit. new fi- slash new fifty two Lana energy as well because yes. Nikki to Lana yeah. was she, an environmentalist bang up of call yeah she's yeah. Nikki to Lana isn't she kind of like that uh that bisexual reporter that, that's with Jonathan right now that's what I kind of got from, from oh from Jay Nakamura her. yeah I could see yeah, that a little go. bit as yeah, well I can see that too yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah so Asgar, Asgard and the Asgardians leave with Jane who decides to take up that position as senator from Midgard love this bit love this panel where Beautiful. she says, where Freya says, I will not lie to you, Jane Foster. We have much work to do. And Jane says, I wouldn't have it any other way, Your Majesty. So what do you think of the new girlfriend? <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And the, because uh, we've been saying them for the other ones, the caption boxes read, and so the gods of Asgard return once more to the heavens, though far less alone than when they first arrived, just as the earth itself would never be alone so long as there was thunder in the sky. And Thor and Roz have this last conversation where she's like, gotta say, you're taking this all rather well, considering your home just disappeared into the clouds. He goes, I, Asgard will always be my home, but as my mother has taught me, sometimes we must let go of the things we love. Come, Agent Solomon, Mead is calling. And we see that Broxton has been renamed Little Asgard. Little Asgard. I fucking love it so much. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> so good. Yeah, um, um, it's like little uh, Krypton. Um, oh my god! Meanwhile, on Roxxon Island, we see that Dario is bored with this planet. He can't even be challenged by Thor, and so he goes, "Tell me, good king of the trolls, tell me more about these other realms and who I might need to kill in order to have them." So the pieces are all being put into place for a war unlike anything we've seen. Meanwhile, far future in New Midgard, we see the Girls of Thunder showing up to their uh, their grandfather who has just forged another river. Or she they have just forged another river. And they say, what would you like to name this one? And he says, Roz. Even millennia later, I just... Ah, so uh, Atlee says, Roz, Jane, Steve, what kinds of names are those for rivers? And he goes, the unforgettable kind. I, ah, 
So good. He says, come grandchildren. We have much work to do. We have an entire world to regrow. Oh my God. It gets me every time. It's so good. <laughs> Meanwhile, we get an epilogue. Elsewhere at the end of time, the planet once known as Mars. Galactus is doing his thing, eating Mars, when all of a sudden, he realizes something's wrong. And he begins to be consumed by this inky blackness. And the caption box reads, And so is born the butcher of worlds. And so begins a story for another day. And then we get issue 25, Tales of Thunder. Yes. We see the girls of Thunder in Asgard reading from the library. We see the book Tales of the Dark Elves. And then we get some beautiful little anthology stories. First giving us the backstory for Malekith, which is appropriately tragic. Um, they pick up another book that says The Many Adventures of Young Thor that shows Thor going after some frost giants. All of these are very fun and bring in different artists, which is really good. And then we find that the the youngest, Atlee, is just like, I'm tired of books. Let's go do our own thing. Let's make our own adventures. She hits one of the bookshelves and a chained book falls from the top and hits the table. They've never and seen they, this book before. It's bound. They turn over that book. It's bound. It's chained. They turn over that book and it's mouse. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sorry let me try that again they turn over that book and it's catcher in the rye sorry let me try that again they turn... <laughs> it's the holy bible wait what? <laughs> well we know one thing it's not a comic book because comic books are just literature's sidekick yeah the righteous anger i had this week over the righteous anger we all had oh boy so uh they begin to tear the chains off and they begin thumbing through this book and they see they begin to read they flip through the beginning of it and it says it was a time of dark kings rising of new enemies with old ambitions of new enemies of old enemies gaining new power of sins and sorrows and surprises and they come to a page that shows a lady thor holding mjolnir and it says it was a time for an all new thor and we get this beautiful double page spread double featuring, page spread. featuring uh enchantress featuring dario featuring for some reason gladiator of the shiar i wonder why that Ooh, is the fact that literally everything here pays off is so it's good. so good it's so good uh, we see hella <laughs> we see Ulic, we see loki background. we see the man gog which is also we very important and in the center of it all a female thor wielding mjolnir all of a sudden a destroyer arm busts onto the table and says where did you find this book be gone all of you and they're like wait, wait hold on who is this he goes out and they run off and we get this last caption box as thor old man king thor looks over this book like he's looking at an old friend an old friend that has brought him much pain and he says it was a time of great change a time when heroes fell and worlds burned a time of war and sacrifice, of upheaval 
of cosmic decay. And as this is happening, we see cutbacks to the present day on the moon, where a hand is reaching out, grabbing the handle for Mjolnir. It says, a time when even the greatest of all gods was laid low. And as King Thor dusts off the cover of this book, it reads, unworthy. And the last panel is Thor on the moon, unable to lift Mjolnir. Woof! What so, what a fucking lead-in to everything that's going to come after this. So should we talk about that right now, or should we wait for the Let's question? talk about that right now, because okay. I, I know there are going to be some people who might have been reading through this and are completely confused if they're reading so, through this for the first time. So you get to that ending. Mjolnir is on the moon, and Thor cannot lift it. Thor is now unworthy of Mjolnir. That happens in another book that Jason Aaron wrote, the big summer event of 2014, called Original Sin. Original Sin is a giant story, giant uh, event story that's also small and is a big murder mystery. Uh, Someone goes to the moon and murders the Watcher and steals both of his eyes. And so while the Marvel heroes are trying to figure out who killed the Watcher, who stole his eyes, Nick Fury is running around at the same time trying to figure that out as well and is assembling a very strange team to go investigate it. Uh, A team consisting of uh, uh, Black Panther, Moon Knight, Emma Frost, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, the Winter Soldier, Gamora, the Punisher, and Doctor Strange. Really weird team, right? Yes. Uh, So they're all off in different parts of the universe trying to figure out who murdered the Watcher. And how does it relate to all these other murders of these other big cosmic things across the universe and across time? Um, uh, we're, I guess we should just spoil Original Sin, honestly. We yeah, just let's, let, let's just do it. So, okay. So Original Sin, halfway through. Uh, first off, Original Sin, like one of the thing with the eyes, with stealing the Watcher's eyes, is that the eyes... Uh, everyone finds out that the eyes are kind of where the Watcher records everything that he's seen. Uh, and this is specifically Oatu, the Watcher for Earth. Uh, the Watcher that we know, you know, who shows up in big cosmic events and stuff. Um, what, so if, those, what if Watcher? Yeah, the What If Watcher, yes. So those eyes hold all of the secrets that he's seen on the planet. Um, and those eyes are set to kind of go off like a bomb, a secret bomb. So it kind of rattles throughout the entire comics community or the comics community, but like, you know, the Marvel superhero community. It hits, um, the, it hits the comics community like when Comixology was bought up by Amazon. Yeah, it's a big old bomb, baby. Uh, <laughs> a big old bomb. <laughs> um, and everyone learns deep secrets about themselves and about things related to them. Uh, for example, the Hulk and Bruce Banner learned that Tony Stark uh, had stuff to do with why the gamma bomb went off and malfunctioned, uh, causing the Hulk's creation. Oh, so that causes a strife there. Uh, Thor and Loki find out that they have a sister, Angela, and that there is another realm. That there's not just nine realms; there's actually ten. And that the tenth heaven, realm, heaven is the tenth realm. Oh, and no one knew this because heaven had just been exiled and just been completely forgotten. Uh, so, you know, there, there's a bunch of, uh, that's where Silk is introduced for Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Silk is a character who, uh, Cindy Moon was also bit by the same spider that bit Peter Parker. Yep. yep. Spider bit him. It bit her. 
gave her a stronger, different power set um, and uh, cool. led to that character being hidden away for years. Uh, so Original Sin has a lot of, this is, this is also where if you're reading Hickman's Avengers run, this is where Cap finds out that the Illuminati are around and are doing really mischievous shit. Setting uh, off. Which sets off the lead into the Secret Wars. Time runs out. Um, yeah, time runs out. One of the greatest stories. <laughs> uh, but so the, the Avengers and uh, Nick Fury's team of Avengers, if you will, are all trying to figure out who killed the Watcher. And it looks like it was the Orb, who is this old villain that Jason Aaron is obsessed with and puts in everything, yep. who has a giant eyeball for a head. Uh, it seems like it was him and Abuelet and Dr. Midas, uh, who are two villains from the Grant Morrison Marvel Boy run who hadn't wow. shown up since then, really. Uh, <laughs> so it seems like it's them. Uh, but we find out who actually murdered the Watcher. The person who murdered the Watcher was actually Nick Fury. Because Nick Fury, oh. not the Nick Fury that we've been seeing in that book and that we've been seeing all around, Nick Fury has been aging. The Infinity Formula has not been working on Nick Fury. Oh. He's been aging. So he's been using LMDs. Uh, mostly to do his work. He's got LMDs on top of LMDs. LMDs on top of LMDs. But he also has a very specific secret. Nick Fury is what is known as the man on the wall, which is the last line and the last defense against the greatest cosmic threats in the universe. And what he does is he assassinates those threats. He is a cosmic assassin. And so all these threats, the Watcher included, are found with these giant gamma-radiated bullets that he shot into people over years and years and years. What? Across <laughs> dimensions. Nick Fury's been doing this. And why Nick Fury has the secret team looking into the murders is that he's trying to choose a successor. Because Nick Fury knows that his huh. names are numbered. Uh, Nick Fury dies at the end of this story, or appears to die, he actually takes over somewhat as the new Watcher. Uh, he is now known as the Unseen and is left on the moon, shackled to the moon, doomed only to watch for the rest of time. Uh, this is where your boy Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, takes over as yes, the And then you get a fantastic 10-issue Bucky Barnes story arc where it's Bucky and Daisy uh, Quake going off across the cosmos doing cool assassination shit so good <laughs> which is awesome <laughs> by Scott, who should cool. do more marvel work because he's fantastic uh but all these secrets are out everyone is just dismayed by all this the avengers for the most part don't know why this happened they they don't find out about the man on the wall like no one finds out about the man on the wall except for nick fury's secret team um it's it's a really interesting little event but in the crux of this event, Nick Fury is going off and beating all the Avengers down. On the moon. On the moon. Old man Nick Fury is beating man. all the Avengers down uh, because they figured out, okay, it looks like he killed the Watcher. We don't know why, but it looks like he killed the Watcher, and he has the Watcher's eyes. And in this altercation, uh, Captain America sends Thor to beat down Nick Fury. Should be pretty easy. Yep. Um you know, Nick Fury's decimating everybody. Like, he goes up to Stark uh, in the Iron Man suit and, like, whispers a command code that the suit, like, just shuts down and sends him right back to Earth. You know, like, he, like he's... It's super interesting how he's just dismaying everybody with their secrets. Because mm -hmm. he has all the secrets in the world it's now. very cool. And... It's like a Tower of Babel with Nick Fury. It's very 100%. much... 100%. One-man Tower of Babel. That's exactly okay. what it is. 
Uh, so he's fighting Thor and he leans into Thor and tells Thor that, you know, I, I know your greatest secret. It's interesting that you're wielding a hammer, you know, but I know your greatest secret. And he whispers something and we don't know what that is. And then Thor says, what? That's, that's not possible. And drops the hammer and falls to the moon and then goes to pick up the hammer and is unable to. And we get that image that we see at the end of issue 25. Mm-hmm. And so what, Thor, what I love, has been trying to pick up that hammer since then. And what I love too is like at, at the conclusion of that fight, everything is like having, everybody's like having a conversation and you just see in the background. You see in the background. Not even focus, just to struggling. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So yeah, that sets up everything that's going to come uh, come next. But before we yes. get to what's next, real quick, we've got a mailbag question. Oh yeah! If you want to be part of Ooh, our mailbag, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Um, I forgot about that too. If you oh, yeah. want to be part of our mailbag, if you have a question for us regarding what we're reading or our opinions on anything that when it comes to comics. Feel free to write in, uh, send your questions to geeksplained at gmail.com and put either ultimate mailbag or thorific mailbag in the subject header, and we will read them out here. This one, however, comes courtesy of a question on Twitter from our good friend, Daniel Blacketer. I hope I said that last name correctly. Uh, Daniel. Daniel. What up, Daniel? Daniel asks, there's... There's a lot of talk around who has the best rogues gallery, Spidey, Batman, Flash, etc. Who's the A-list hero with the worst villain lineup? Ooh. So I'm going to let you know what I said, because we had a conversation on Twitter about it. And I was surprised when I looked at the entire thing and I thought to myself, it's a toss-up between, I think, Wonder Woman and Captain America, to be honest. And I hate to say that, but each of them suffers from having like three really good villains and then just nothing else. Because mm. Diana's adventures usually end up with her killing the villain who is there or um, they get away or, it, or they recycle the same villain. Cap, his most interesting stories are usually when he's just going against the government. And so those were my picks. We had a we had a very civil and friendly debate about it. Um, but I would like to, and I'm and I know Daniel would like to get your thoughts on this as well, guys. Uh, so I've 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 had a couple of days to think about this because I saw that interaction on Twitter. Um, I'm gonna disagree with the Captain America one because I think Cap has more. I think Cap has better villains than Wonder Woman does. Like Wonder Woman absolutely just has trash villains. I think a sign of if the villains are good or not is how often they reuse them. Mm. Uh, if you only see stories where Wonder Woman is fighting either the Cheetah or Veronica Hale, <laughs> doesn't have good villains <laughs> or, or the gods like the Pantheon that yeah. she doesn't have good villains. Um, and Cap, I think they, I think they've done a better job of giving him more of a rogues gallery over the last like 15, 20 years. Uh, I think he's still, and I said this on Twitter too. I, he's he's been due for like a court of owls style shakeup for a while. I think like he to, had to, to to give Empire. him a with the original Secret Empire, not the well that too, but also just like to give him a new set of villains that are iconic for the modern. Yeah, game. that's fair. Which we'll see what this run does. I'm yeah. hoping. 
Because it open. seems like it's going to do that, which they is might cool. Just, but please um, continue. But I would say Iron Man. Iron mm, Man has pretty oh, yeah. terrible villains. Damn it. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry, man. <laughs> Iron Man has terrible villains. <laughs> terrible villains. Yeah. Because most yeah, of them are really racist caricatures. Because he was yes, an industrialist in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of them are really yeah. racist caricatures. I think yeah. of his villains, the only ones that are good that aren't offensive are like Whiplash. Ezekiel Stain. <laughs> yeah. Crimson Dynamo. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I was going to say Crimson uh, Dynamo and uh, like um, uh, uh, Ironmonger. Uh, 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 <laughs> and they're all they're all just like, most of them are just suited dudes. Which is yeah, so cool. That's right. why I like Ezekiel yeah. Stane. Ezekiel Stane at least puts a little challenge on that. Um, you know, uh, Homeboy from the Extremist story is pretty interesting, but like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I do a lot with that afterwards. So Fair. that's whatever. Yeah. And uh, that's about it as far as like his yeah. main cast of villains. Is, J- Jacob, what do you think? Uh, I, I was going to back up Malcolm here because like Iron Man was the first thing I thought of because I was just going to mention like, like number one is his main arch nemesis is called the Mandarin. And yeah. It's like so terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh. let's get that. Uh, also the late. The laser, the living, living laser. laser. Is a living really laser is, really... is a living laser. Mm. Okay. <laughs> the unicorn, <laughs> like, come on, yeah. dude. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, I will it's give spies. It's all I these think villains that need to cool. break. Spymaster rules. Spymaster yeah. school and Justin Joseph Hammer. These, uh, and Ju- the we like ultimate Justin Hammer. Oh, yeah. It's all about the arms. It's all about but, the arms. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Iron Man definitely does it. It's all these villains that have to break through Iron Man's uh, suit. That's what all yeah. the villains yeah. back in the Fair. yeah they yeah. want to steal the technology just... and they have to break through it. That's it. Like it sucks. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty lame. Um, he should have smart villains. That's the problem. Uh, he should have villains fair. who are trying to outsmart him, and he yeah. doesn't. Also, hey, let's throw this out here. If you, Marvel, if you want to use the Mandarin. Yeah revamp that character to make him a Rahas al Ghul. Please. Totally please. down for it. Please. Like, I, that's how you, you know revamp what? that character. In, Just make him exactly. almost exactly like that. In in that same way, though, I kind of love the reclamation job they did for him in the MCU. Just because I love Me too. Wen Wu and Tony Leung. Me too. So, yeah. I, I, I love that. Steer but, towards that, I'm down for it that, too. But that also doesn't belong to Iron Man anymore. And I'm glad that Fair. it doesn't. I think that works better that it doesn't. Yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah. So that's why you. I can was also going to mention the Hulk. New ground with that character now, like just do something entirely new, make him a Rahas al Ghul. The Hulk is also a good pick too. The Hulk is a like good pick because all yeah. of his villains are just gamma villains. <laughs> yes, exactly. All his villains are just over are just it's monsters just him. Him attacking, yeah. and um, the only like real villains I like love. Uh, it, yeah, the only. I like the leader. The leader is a good villain. The leader is cool. Because, you know, just, yeah. He's the thinker. I want him back yeah. more. He's a real thinker. I like the thinker going against the yeah, brawn and I stuff. Love that. But, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my answer. Hulk, it's like him versus the Yeti, Bigfoot, and all that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to change my answer because now he's, now because he's popped up in a movie, he's an A-list. Black Bolt has the worst villains. He is now an A-lister and you can't tell me anything different because he yeah. was in a Marvel movie. He's got Lash and the New Humans. 
You're that's just saying what this he's got. You just read that book. That's got. <laughs> it counts. I I'm saying it counts. Uh, anyway, Daniel, thank you very much for the question. I appreciate Thanks, it. We all appreciate it. And again, if you have a question for us, reach out. If you want to ask the question on social media, feel free. Otherwise, send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com. Put either ultimate mailbag or thorific mailbag in the subject header and we will read it. But I'm really glad that none of us said Daredevil because there could be an argument made for Daredevil having really lame villains. No, no. All of his villains are gems. Like so, some of them, yeah. there, there could be that argument made. I could understand no. why someone wouldn't be into Mr. Fear, but Mr. Fear fucking whips. Mr. Fear fucking whips. I can understand. Stilt man Stilt fucking man. whips. Stilt man whips. Uh, Frogman whips. And you know what? Every so often, Daredevil whip? runs into the Enforcers. And the Enforcers sure. are in the Hall of Fame. They Hell have. yeah. But that does it for this week and this session of the Days of Thunder. And that wraps up the original Thor God of Thunder series, which means... We did it in two weeks, boys. Week. did it. We did it in two weeks. I, I didn't know if it could be done, but we did it. We did it. We did it, Joe. <laughs> Which brings us <laughs> next week to part three. As we venture into the adventures of Thor, goddess of thunder. Next week, that's going to be Thor issues one through eight, annual number one, and Secret Wars, Thors. And the synopsis for this Thor series goes like this. Mjolnir lies on the moon, unable to be lifted. Something dark has befallen the god of thunder, leaving him unworthy for the first time ever. But when frost giants invade Earth, the hammer will be lifted, and a mysterious woman will be transformed into an all-new version of the mighty Thor. Who is this new goddess of thunder? Not even Odin knows, but she may be Earth's only hope against the frost giants. Get ready for a Thor like you've never seen before as this all-new heroine takes Midgard by storm. Plus, the Odinson clearly doesn't like that someone else is holding his hammer. It's Thor versus Thor. And Odin, desperate to see his Mjolnir returned, will call in some very dangerous, very unexpected allies. It's a bold new chapter in the storied history of Thor. So yeah, Thor, goddess of thunder. Next week, issues one through eight, annual number one, as well as the miniseries Secret Wars, Thors. Check that out. We'll see you right back here next Friday. Be there or be square, not a circle. But for now, for the Geek Explained Book Club, for the Days of Thunder, I've been Eric Kazana. I am Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. And we will see you next time. Get ready, because next week is when we start the real shit. And in loving memory, this episode was made for Tim Sale. Love is a setting sun, is a smoking gun, is a four-letter word, I hope it hurts. Love is a fatal flaw, is a broken jaw.
was a king size bed, was an escape plan, was an open hand. Now it's a dog from hell, it's a dream you sell, it's an epitaph, it's a photograph. Let's talk about the single greatest issue of Thor of all time. We're talking about and issue then a 18. really good story arc, and then an issue that I don't like, and then a really good story arc. <laughs> you know what? I think we should talk about that. I think we should talk about it. I think we should talk. I, I just want to open a conversation about it, you know? 